the original experience with your girl Kelsey Ruff. It's time to talk Taylor and all of the tea to sweet. Let's go. Oh, hi. Welcome to the original experience. I am your host. My name is Kelsey. And I feel like this is my first podcast all over again. I worked so hard on the notes for today. Everyone, I say everyone, a few of you guys sent me a message and you were like, hey, love the pod, wish it was longer. That is difficult for me because I always get in my head and I'm like, nobody really wants to hear everything I have to say, but then I know you guys do because if you didn't, you wouldn't ask and you would just let it go and all of that nonsense, hoopla, what have you. I also have to end up editing out every time I smack my lips, I say, um, like, or genuinely, which is why last week's episode was named genuinely. What did I say? Because I said genuinely so many times, but I have, let's count them. One, two, three, four, five, six. So double-sided. I have like 12 pages of notes. So everything is concrete. It's laid out. I'm not having to Google anything and edit that out later. I'm not grasping at straws because I can't remember what I want to say. So yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous, but it is what it is. So this week, we have so much to go over, team. One, Megan the Stallion versus Nicki Minaj being the Taylor Swift girl, the upcoming Super Bowl, I'm going to whisper this one because I am nervous. Potentially starting Akatar, and then Barbie's nominations or lack thereof. I had planned on starting with the Megan versus Nikki shit before all of the Taylor Swift things that happened Sunday at the game with the, um, holy shit, with Baltimore versus the Chiefs. But I had planned on starting here. So let's just hold to that agenda all the people who are not Swifties, you can all breathe a sigh of relief as that's coming later in the pod. Before we get into the Megan the Stallion and Nicki Minaj of it all, I do feel as if I need to give a trigger warning for this for rape, pedophilia, sexual assault, sexual harassment, things of that nature. If you're not comfortable with this, please just fast forward through. I'm not sure how long it's going to take. I will try to put a time jump or a time thing in the description of the episode. So that will potentially be there for you guys so you know when to fast forward to. Just with the nature of what this is, as always, please protect your heart and please do what is best for you. Okay, so... Megan the motherfucking stallion, Tina Snow for the Jose I already know, the H-Town hottie herself, drops a song Friday called Hiss. And I'm not sure if you guys know this, if you're not up to date with your reptile knowledge, your facts. A snake hisses before they attack. And the song is called Hiss. And in the song, there's a multitude of lyrics that you can take as a diss, talking about uh, people who hate on BBLs but have the same scars, and people who say things about her but the lyric that has the internet and Nicki Minaj in a spiral is these hoes don't be mad at Megan these hoes mad at Megan's law if you're not familiar with what Megan's law is I'll be glad to tell you Megan's law refers to a federal law that keeps track of the movements of sex offenders post-prison release and requires them to register changes with the state 
So let me repeat that lyric back to you now that we have a little background knowledge. These hoes don't be mad at Megan. These hoes mad at Megan's law. Okay. And you're probably thinking, Kelsey, what does that have like shit to do with Nicki Minaj? I'm so glad you asked. This is what I'm going to tell you. In 2022, Nicki Minaj's husband, his name is Kenneth Petty, pled guilty for failure to register himself as a sex offender. So when him and Nicki got married, they moved to LA. He didn't register that. He didn't update it. So he's actually still on probation for this because he failed to update his status. He was convicted in 1995 of sexual assault. I don't need to do that math for you guys to know that this is not a new thing. He knew this. So why he didn't think to register himself is completely out of my realm of knowledge. I don't understand. But you're thinking, okay, it's her husband. Oh, whatever. No, I would love to tell you it stops there, but it doesn't. Okay? Not only is it her husband, but her brother too. Okay? So not just one, but two people. And her brother was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. Okay, Megan didn't say any names, but I will. Their names are Kenneth and Jelani. Am I pronouncing her brother's name right? I don't know. And usually I make it a point to make sure that I'm appropriately pronouncing people's names because I think it's the biggest sign of disrespect. But I don't owe that fucker nothing. Okay? And I'm not going to get into the details of it because it was hard for me to stomach it when I was reading it. And I'm not going to put you all through that if you'd like to see what all his charges included Please do that, but please be careful. I'm just, that's why I already put a trigger warning on this episode. And even then, like, I'm still trying to skirt around the issue and not to save any feelings, but it made me nauseous. And I just, I don't know. Anyway, this causes Nikki to spiral. I don't know if she slept for three days. She's going on these Twitter rampages. She's going on Instagram Live. She's saying this. She's saying that. Her reply, her reply diss, if you will, is literally just regurgitated information that she is saying on Twitter and Instagram. Charlemagne the God even said, you, that didn't even need to go to a studio. You're just repeating what you already said. Her reply is best described as a Dr. Seuss reply. I even commented on someone's status about this, that it sounds like one fish, two fish, redfish, bluefish. Because she says, she likes six foot, I call her Bigfoot. The bitch fell off. I said, get up in your good foot. I call her Bigfoot. She likes six foot. We know Megan the Stallion is tall. Did you really think you were going to eat with that? I, I just cannot be sure of the logic there. And a lot of people say that Nikki is doing a lot of snow. And I'm speaking in terms here that's drug use. But they think she's done too much snow. I don't know. I really, I have not paid a lot of attention to Nikki. Does she have some great songs? Absolutely. But I would not classify myself as a barb. Maybe when I was in high school, I had the Nicki Minaj t-shirt, but that's just not my cup of tea. And I don't like how she treats other women in the industry. I'm a very big believer in proponent. I hope I'm using that word correctly. I don't even know. And usually this is something I'd edit out, but I'm trying to be more authentic. I believe in community over competition. And I know like maybe in the industry it's different, but that's not how I feel that she thinks. I have a friend, her name is Rebecca, and she said that Cardi and Nikki could have run New York, but it ended up being a beef thing. But when Nikki says, I say, get up in your good fit, Foot. She's referring to Megan getting shot by Tori um, 
L-A-N-E-Z, I don't know, Linez, Lanez. I, I've never listened to his music, so I'm not like super familiar in 2020. And this was a big thing that people thought Megan was lying and it went to court, but he was convicted. He was found guilty. So the only thing that you have to speak on in this circumstance, Nikki, is to talk about how she's tall, got a big foot, and she got shot. That's all you got? That and to talk about her deceased mother. And let me tell you right now, if I was Megan and you said some sideways shit about my mom when your dad was essentially roadkill, and maybe that's ugly. Maybe that's ugly. But Nikki's dad was hit by car. So what have you. Nikki drops this diss if you want to call it that. And Megan hasn't really said anything yet. Or so you think. It appears that Megan the Stallion is being silent. Not true. On Insta, she posted to her story, Red Spider Lilies. And mind you, Megan is a cutesy nerd, which I appreciate, which I love. And if you're not familiar with anime, which I'm not, this was news to me. And when I saw it and I read it, I said, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And what it is is that in anime, these flowers are dubbed as the flower of death, prompting their widespread use as a sign of an imminent tragic death. What? It's not a sign of foreshadowing, but it's a promise. So now we wait. Now we wait. Because you see that on her story, and you may not think anything about it if you don't know any better. But the Twitter sleuths, the Reddit sleuths, the girlies of TikTok and the internet, everyone has let us know what those flowers mean, those red spider lilies. And it means it's not going to be good. It's not foreshadowing. It's not a warning, but it is a promise. And so now we wait. Now we wait. Does Megan need to say anything? I don't know. Do I understand like R&B rap beef? Not necessarily, obviously. Does she need to say something back? Or does that mean Nikki's air quote one since she's the last person who spoke on it? I don't know. But I do feel as if we haven't heard the last of this, especially with those red spider lilies. I don't know. But speaking of snakes, you cannot act like you didn't see this coming. Taylor Swift. It's time to talk about Taylor Swift. And listen, I, I used to make apologies when we talked about her. And I know in the first episode, I sat here and I was like, I know not everybody likes her. Here's the thing. I love her. And I love the community I've built with you guys of you sending me things. And that's where we're going to kind of lead in. I was talking earlier today to one of my sweetest friends in the entire world, an absolute angel of a person, and about people sending me and tagging me in Taylor Swift things, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, text messages, DMs, what have you. And I told her, I said, I love it. I love being the Taylor Swift girl. I love when people I don't talk to on a regular basis send me things like this all the time when they send me all the things, especially, well, no, I'm not going to say especially that. I love when anybody sends me things because it's one of those things that's like you saw it and you thought of me. Those are my favorite type of gifts. When somebody's like, oh, like, hey, I saw this and it made me think about you. You saw something on Beyonce's internet and you said, oh, like that, that makes me think of Kelsey Ruff. I'm going to tag Kelsey in this. I'm going to tag Kelsey in this post or I'm going to send her this TikTok. I don't know if she's seen it or not, but it made you stop what you were doing in your scroll and send it to me. And I will always be grateful for that. 
it's no secret I had a really rough time in 2023 when I was publicly ridiculed, and part of that was for liking Taylor Swift. And so it makes me feel good when I get those messages and notifications. It almost feels like I'm reclaiming something, and it makes me feel not bad about it. And I can't believe I ever felt even a little bit, even an iota of something that people made fun of me for. And I guess out of everything, that stung the least because, I mean, like, okay, like, you're going to make fun of me for being a Swifty. Literally not the first time I've heard that joke. And honestly, not the last. But I really, I do love it. I love it. And I love that when everything was happening Sunday, I think every single person who listens to this podcast, you already knew. Dock it be damned. Clear the schedule. Hold the train. This is what we were going to talk about. This is what we were going to talk about. And we are. And we are. So with all of that being said, the game on the 28th has been the best thing to happen to me. I know what you're thinking, Kelsey. I thought the best thing to happen to you was Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey in 2023. It's 2024. New year. New year. New good things to happen to me. Okay. And did I find myself in a cutesy little Facebook tussle on Sunday? Yes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And I was telling my family when we were talking about it, my mom, my dad, my sister, I was like, you know, some people to heal their inner child, it's to buy themselves or their child an American Girl doll, a Barbie doll, go on these vacations they couldn't go to as a child. Mine is arguing with adults. It really just heals something in me. It makes me feel good. Um, is that immature? Yeah, absolutely, probably. But does it make me feel good? Yeah, I think because. I am, I'm a people pleaser. Well, I'm a reformed people pleaser and I'm doing better about speaking for the things that I need. And when I was a kid, I let people walk all over me and I saw how people spoke to my parents. So arguing with people on something that I care about makes me feel good because I don't just accept the abuse. And I'm using abuse very, very, very lightly, especially in these circumstances of a Facebook tussle. But yeah, so when you see me arguing on Facebook, just uh, send a little like and a comment and let me know how I'm doing because it's healing something in me. I'm just over the incessant whining, especially when there is a lack of comment or aggravation with Eminem being shown at the, 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 the Detroit games. Sidebar, I told y'all on Instagram that I stuttered, so we're going to leave that in there. As I was saying, a lack of aggravation with Eminem being shown at the Detroit games. No one seems to care when that's brought up. And because Google is a great asset, it is free, I can tell you that the network shows Taylor Swift. She doesn't control that. And in the words of our favorite homewrecker, thank you, next. I got on the internet yesterday and I googled it. And Google tried to correct me, which is very validating to know that I am smarter than the Google. But still, I was already a little heated. I was feeling a little spicy. So that um, they tried to correct me actually kind of pissed me off, but I was in the right. And a quick Google search will let you know that she doesn't control that. Am I very excited that the Chiefs won? Absolutely. And I only plan on being more annoying going forward because they won. The Kansas City Chiefs are headed back to the Super Bowl, back to back. In the words of Drake, we're going back to back. We went last year, won. And I say we as a new football girly, but since that's my team, I'm claiming it. We went last year and won. 
and now we're going back again. And actually, did you know, and I know you're probably like, Kelsey, actually, this isn't my first rodeo, so I did know this. I'm telling you anyway, especially for my new football girlies, that in 2020, the Super Bowl was the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Can you believe? Can you believe? I love that. Going on, days I will never forget. Brooke. You guys have heard me talk about Brooke. We know her. We love her. Days I will never forget. Brooke texting me that Taylor was on the field. It felt like that George Bush meme, specifically the one when somebody's whispering in his ear. And like on a depressing note, I'm like 99.9999% sure that is when he was being told about 9-11. But it is how I felt in that moment. I'm sitting at the dinner table. And I get a text message in all caps, she's on the field. We're turning the game back on because we had already turned it to the 49ers in Detroit game. We're turning it back on. I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok, Facebook, what have you, everything. Immediately after we turn the game back to Kansas City, my phone receives more notifications in that singular hour than it did all of 2023. I swear to God. I swear to God. I am getting messages on Facebook, my actual like text messages, TikTok, Twitter, everything. I mean, my phone is rolling in messages that I can't even keep up and respond with. And that's why I love being the Taylor Swift girl. I love being your Taylor Swift plug. I love spreading the gospel. I said it the other week. It makes me feel like Nancy Grace. Okay. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize this, but this was the first time we heard Travis and Kelsey talking to one another. But before we get into the words, and let me tell you, there are a lot of words to be said. Let us note that in every video, in every picture that I have seen from this post-game celebration, celebratory thing, let us note he never stops touching her. When they finally see each other, I hate when it's like, oh, she allowed him to talk to Donna first. No, that's not how I see it. He speaks to his mom first, but as soon as he gets his hands on her, I don't think they left the entire time except when he goes on the stage and he says his famous, which y'all, please don't come at me saying he didn't originate this because I know, but that's not the moral of the story. You gotta fight for your right to party. Anyway, he doesn't stop touching her except for like that moment. Some of my favorite things about this evening is the pictures of them kissing. It's giving that couple that's kissing at the end of World War II, but they're not actually a couple. You know, it's the soldier, I think, or some kind of military man and a nurse, and they're smooching. The picture is famous. I had it hanging up in my college dorm many years ago, even though, you know, they're not a couple, but they're smooching. They're giggling. She's shy, and she's saying, oh my God, I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was the best view ever. It was insane. He's saying he appreciates her for always coming. And I was talking to Brooke and I was like, so do we think him saying that means he's going to be at a lot of air tour shows? I would hope that he comes to a few. But the fact that he like tells her, like, I appreciate you for always coming, had me in shambles. She says, I love you. I synced it. I synced it with my eyes. The eyes that I have used little plastic pieces of circular things to see. I saw her say, love you. And then it comes back around to when he is walking by and he says, Tay, I'm going to go enjoy it with the guys. 
I love you so much, it's not even funny. And she says, I love you too, I've never been so happy ever. Pausing for dramatic effect. When he says, I love you so much, it's not even funny, I want to throw up from crying. Every single time somebody sends me that video, Kelsey, how many times have you watched it? Yes. Kelsey, that's not, that's not a number. How many times have you watched it? Yes. Yes. There's a user on Twitter. Their name is Holy Ground Sound. And they say it perfectly. They say, the way this is the same Taylor who said that she felt like she's always trying to mitigate the fact that she's the elephant in the room. And now at the height of her fame, she's happy and comfortable enough with this whole community to be celebrating on that field and smiling like this. And they put a picture of her on the field from Sunday. And she just has the most beautiful smile. And she's glowing. And there's also a picture of her with Jason and Ed and Donna. That is just so pure because it feels comfortable and it feels like what I could only define as home. Speak, speaking of um, old George W. circling back, there's a picture of Andy Reid looking at Taylor and he's pointing at her and it's best described as how George W. looks at Michelle Obama at events and if you're not familiar, listen, pause the pod. Actually, let me give you directions first. You're going to pause the pod. You're going to go to Google. Remember, that's free. You're going to Google George Bush and Michelle Obama. One of my personal favorites is at somebody's funeral. I can't remember whose. And they're passing each other candy. At an event, one thing's for sure. Two things for certain. George is going to find Michelle, Okay. And that's what the picture of Andy Reid and Taylor Swift made me think about. Dave Portnoy even tweeted it. He thought it was great. You know, he's a Swifty anyway. Um, one more thing about Taylor, and we will move on until songs that made me cry, which we skipped last week. I finished recording, and I was like, oh, I think I'm forgetting something. And I was like, oh, no, songs of the week. And then I thought about, like, doing a separate segment and just uploading it, but then it would have sounded funny, and the sound would have been off. And anyway... We skipped it last week, so we are going back to songs that made me cry. Finishing up on Taylor Swift for now. If you are waiting for me to talk about the disgusting AI images of her that were circulating the internet this week, or last week, I guess I should say, um, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I didn't see them, thankfully. I did not go looking for them. Was not interested. But it shouldn't be her responsibility to take down AI. One of the things that I did see across social media and other people who I'm just not even going to speak of talking about that, oh, it's a good thing that it happened to Taylor because now something's going to be done about it, which made me almost nauseous because this isn't a silver lining. This isn't a silver lining that we're like, oh, well, now AI will be taken seriously because Taylor Swift's going to stand behind it and Taylor Swift's going to be the voice for it. No. No, she is a victim, and I think it is disgusting that after the Kanye West famous video where he used a wax figure of her naked body in bed with other celebrities, that this is something she's having to deal with yet again on a more disgusting scale, if you could even believe that. And I'm saying that even though I haven't seen these images, but from what I understand, revolting. The only thing that I can say and the only thing I will say other than this 
is God bless tree pain. From my understanding, there is zero evidence of those pictures on the internet even more. And I'm sure there are some behind the things, behind these scenes, things happening. But God bless tree pain. The second thing I will say before we move on is that, um, do you guys know what Sunday's game, what that number was for Taylor? Just, just a question. That was her 12th football game. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? I'll tell you what that means. That means that if she is to go to Super Bowl 58, I think it's 58, I don't know. Um, this will be her 13th football game. And if you're not a Swifty or you're new to the Swifty culture, hi, my name is Dr. Kelsey Ruff. I am going to be able to school you on all things Taylor Swift. 13 is her favorite number. So does this mean that the Chiefs are going to win? Listen, I don't know, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. And Taylor Swift has said it herself. She's never beating the witch allegations. So, um, yeah, big day for annoying people like myself. February is going to be exhausting as a Swifty. We have the Super Bowl. Actually, no, we have the Grammys. We have the Tokyo tour. We have the start of that. We have the Super Bowl. Did I go out of order? Let me repeat this just in case. We have... The Grammys. We have the star of tour again. Then we have the Super Bowl. I can't take it. I can't take it. And then somewhere in all of this, we're thinking Reputation TV is going to be dropped. Cannot be sure. But listen, this is episode 16 of the original experience. My plan is to do 20 episodes in season one. Take a few weeks off as a break and come back for season two. If for some reason she drops Reputation TV while we are on our break, put me in, coach. Put me back in because we were going to have some things to talk about, okay? Other than Travis and Taylor, I need y'all to know that I am so excited for this matchup in the Super Bowl of the Chiefs and the 49ers because, one, Isaiah Pacheco. He is my favorite Chief. He is the running back. I, do, I don't know why he is my favorite. I could not tell you. I think it's because when I started watching Seriously, I was like, oh, look at him. He's cute. And he's like really freaking good. And I think everybody just suspects and expects that Travis would be my favorite chief. It is number 10, Isaiah Pacheco first, Travis Kelsey number two. Number two, speaking of reasons I'm excited for this matchup. Kyle Jasiznik, and y'all know I cannot pronounce this. I tried. Jasiznik, his wife, Kristen, what is she going to wear? Because you know that she made those jackets for Taylor, and that's one of the reasons that I like Kyle in the 49ers is because he was under every post tagging his wife and bragging on her. I love that. Number three is kind of the same reason. We're trailing along the same trajectory here. George Kittle who is the tight end for the 49ers. He really loves his wife, Claire. And I love that. I love this openness and just somebody whose personality trait is just being in love with their wife. I think that's why we all like Isaac Rochelle. You know what I'm saying? And I, the other week, they wore coordinating Levi outfits that were literal works of art. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to their Instagram. Her name's Claire. His name is George. 
and you can see it, they were actually Levi outfits, and he's actually the face of the Levi campaign right now, um, which is really cool, and the outfits are just literally works of art, and I'm pretty sure that he wore a shirt with her name and face as his game day outfit Sunday. A quick Insta search does confirm that. It's one of those cool t-shirts that says Claire, her face is all over it, and that's what he wore to the game to see if he's going to go to the Super Bowl, but like, go Chiefs, you know what I'm saying? And when all of this was happening on the field Sunday with Taylor and Travis, and Travis sees Ed and he sees Donna, he's looking for Jason, and Taylor, you know, walks him over to where Jason's at, and they're, oh, I'm gonna cry, because it was just really emotional. Jason, did his team make it? No. Do we know if Jason is coming back? No. He was wearing a floral shirt, which leads me to suspect that says retirement. It also says that Kylie had him in two shirts so he couldn't take it off. But Jason's crying and Travis is trying not to, but you can tell he's emotional. And Jason says, finish the motherfuckers. And he just keeps repeating it over and over. And if that is not inspiration enough to beat the brakes off the 49ers, I really cannot be sure. Also, I say this with all the love in my heart. Brock Purdy, who is the quarterback for the 49ers, does in fact look like he irons his boxers. He is such a cute little baby. I just want to pinch his cheeks and send him home with some peppermint candies. Was he a Boy Scout? Can someone from the original experience let me know if he was a Boy Scout? He does appear to be someone who would be an Eagle Scout. He's just so darn cute. But now that you guys... We've got that. We're going to get out of the football of all of it. And who knew when we started this podcast that I'd be such a football girly. I cannot wait to discuss the Super Bowl with you guys. A little, a little sideline we're going to skip over. We've talked about a lot of wins and now we're going to talk about a loss. You guys know that I love the Barbie movie. I'm pretty sure I've sat on here and cried about it. I've seen several TikToks. I cry about them every single time. We discussed it a few episodes back, how I feel about the Barbie movie. So imagine my shock and disgust when they were snubbed by the Oscars. Ryan said it best with his statement that he released, there is no Ken without Barbie. And there is no Barbie without Greta Gerwig or Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, who was actual Barbie, in the Barbie movie, the title character in the film, the main character, not nominated. Greta Gerwig, the director, the creator, the mind behind all of it, not nominated. And what I hate about this other than the obvious thing, the obvious shit of it all, and the fact that they are actually proving the point of the movie, which my dad even said, who is a man, when all of this came out and all the nominations were released. We were talking about in our family group chat. And he's like, well, that's kind of the point of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But what I hate about it, other than this, is how I feel like it took away from America Ferreira's nomination. I was over the moon that the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants girlies, they FaceTimed to celebrate her. And I just feel like because of the snub that the movie received, we aren't giving proper accolades to those who were nominated. Like Eva Mendez, who is Ryan Gosling's wife, she posted receipts, proof, emails, timelines, receipts of people who were calling him cringy and were talking shit about him in the industry for taking this role. 
and he was nominated. I just hope we don't lose sight that a Latina woman was nominated in this category of Best Supporting Actress. But the one thing that I keep thinking of, and I posted on um, my social media accounts, my personal ones, is her quote from her monologue from the movie that says, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. And that's really, I think, what it boils down to. You have this monologue that means so much to so many women. And we this is not the first, this is not the second, and I'm sure it's not the last time we talk about it. This movie that meant so much to so many people and it broke box office records. It drove people back to the cinema, which has, I'm sad to say, but I feel like movie going in actual theaters has been dying, but people were excited to go. And the fact that the Oscars could not acknowledge that is very confusing. Now, Barbie did get other nominations. Billie Eilish was nominated. I'm pretty sure I'm just Ken was nominated. You know, that's music, Ryan Gosling, America Ferreira. And I am truly rooting for America to win. I think she's very deserving. I don't know who's hosting. Am I expecting some weird jokes about it? Yes, but I'm also hoping people learn from the Joe Coy experience. I'm not sure. But yeah, never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but always, so also always be grateful. Speaking of grateful, speaking of grateful, I am grateful for Paul Meskel. That is the white boy of the month. He is the father of my children and I'm in love. Does he make movies that only make me cry? Absolutely. Is he sad and cute? Absolutely. Is he beautiful? Also, absolutely. He was on Chicken Shop Date and Amelia, she's the host of this. She's, she's funny. She's very pretty. But I'm tired of her living my dream. First, it's everyone in the internet shipping her with Andrew Garfield, who you all know is the actual great love of my life. He is my favorite Spider-Man. He is on the list that I'm not allowed to talk about on here because my mom will probably kick me out of the house. But if you know, you know. The absolute love of my life. I, nah, I don't even know what to say. But first, Andrew Garfield, now him. And I was looking on her Instagram and she was like, oh, who would you rather have? Like Jacob Elordi or Barry Keoghan? And if Barry Keoghan goes on chicken shop date... I am going to eat glass. I'm going to chew metal. I'm just going to be sitting in the back of Bear Beauty, and I'm going to be eating, like, the chairs, the remnants. I, I don't know. But what else can she take from me? I cannot be sure. I cannot be sure. Uh, Paul Meskel is the current male love of my life. And in the words of Brittany Broski, I am past the point of apologies. I am. This is who I am. This is what I am. I don't think you guys expect any more from me. This is just who I am. Take me or leave me. I don't know what to tell you. I know that you're probably thinking, Kelsey, we moved on very fast from Renee Rapp. No, we didn't. She is a girl. And I am in love with her. But I'm also in love with Paul Meskel, who is a boy. So I'm in love with both of them. So keep that up. Okay? Both of them. Both of them. We are in love with both of them. So now we are coming to everyone's favorite segment. Um, you know it. You love it. I make you all listen to it afterwards. I don't necessarily make you, but I know that sometimes you do, and I really do love that. Taylor Swift lyrics that made me cry this week. Number one, do I really have to tell you how he brought me back to life? From high infidelity from midnights. This is a late addition to the cry list this week, but this comes after the pictures of Taylor and Travis on the field Sunday and all of the TikTok edits 
the tweets, the pictures, the videos, ESP, ESPN sharing, the NFL sharing, just everything, right? Call it a weird parasocial relationship. I don't care. I'm going to quote myself quoting Brittany Broski again, but I'm past the point of apologies. But when she announced Fearless Taylor's version a few years ago, she had already announced that she was re-recording. This was the first one that she was going to release, and she had posted this these few paragraphs, and she did, like, cute little um, capital letters and lowercase letters, and there was a message inside what she was saying. But anyways, she said something, and every time I talk about it, I cry. And I was talking to my mom about it, and I was talking to Brooke about it. And maybe I'll be able to talk about it now without crying, but who knows. But this is something that she said, and it's something that I tell people every single time I have a conversation with them about how much I truly and sincerely love Taylor Swift. And it's, so before I say anything else, let me just say it was a real honor to get to be a teenager alongside you. So when I see these pictures of her giggling and being shy and looking so absolutely in love and saying that I've never been more happy. It feels like I'm seeing my friend finally be loved how she deserves for the first time ever, if not in for a very long time. And it lets me know that it's out there even when you're older. I've said it before and maybe I'm just regurgitating information. If you've never listened and this is your first episode, that is a win for me. But if not, whatever. But I talked about how at the beginning of Gilmore Girls, how old Lorelai Gilmore is and that she doesn't start dating Luke until later. And Taylor Swift is four years older than me. She was born in 1989. I was born in 1993. So we truly were teenagers together. We grew up alongside each other. And I've said it before that she was the first person who's explained my feelings to me. And the way that she's able to take simple lyric structure and make it so relatable, I feel like, I don't want to say I feel like she does know me, but I feel like she gets how my brain works. And I think if you talk to any Swifty, they're going to agree to that. And if you're not a Swifty, I please, I beg of you to, you don't even have to listen to the music, but if you read the lyrics, they're truly poetic and so beautiful. And as someone who is in their 30s, and seeing a lot of my friends be loved purely. And even my family as well, my sisters, to see them be pursued with good intentions and loved boldly and publicly and loudly and to be treated the way they have always deserved. And I don't have to sweet potato somebody's muffler and for legal reasons, that is a joke. It's beautiful. And even though I don't have relationships like that for myself personally, Everything I know about love, I know through my relationships with my friends and my family. And I just, that's why that lyric has made me cry this week. Because she says, do I really have to tell you how he brought me back to life? And the way that she looks on that field. Never getting over that one. Put it in the history books. Two, moving on, is the devil's in the details, but you got a friend in me. That is from Peace on Folklore, and if you are a longtime original experience listener, we talk about that in that first episode. What a cutesy little callback now that we're so close to the end of the season. Same reasons that I said from Sunday while this lyric was included, but the devil was in the details from Sunday, okay? So, as we've 
travel this world of Swifties in football. It started, you know, with Kansas City gear. Okay. Then it started with a little 87 beaded bracelet. His name actually on her jacket, the 87 on the Santa hat. But this week, you know, obviously she's wearing like the red sweater, the skirt. She's wearing a ring and it is a jersey. It looks like a jersey with an 87 on it. Cute. The littlest smallest detail, which is so cute. And then she's wearing a custom friendship style tennis bracelet that says TNT like dynamite for Travis and Taylor that Travis had custom made for her. I know I already said custom, but I just really need to reiterate that for emphasis that it all starts with a friendship bracelet. Can you imagine, can you imagine that this all starts because you want to give somebody a friendship bracelet? And I already know there was like inner workings with like their friends trying to set them up, what have you. I don't care. Uh, but it all starts with a friendship bracelet and that's where we're at. And I love it. So, I need to know if we're making friendship bracelets for the Super Bowl or not. Please and thank you. Number three is, this is not related to the football game. You're welcome. But this one really did get me. It's, you never gave a warning sign. I gave so many signs. From exile, from, you guessed it, folklore. I've been in a real folklore mood. It's either that or reputation. Back to back to back. I just switched through the two. And... What it means is that she gave so many signs that things weren't right, that she was leaving, that their relationship was in danger. She Maybe she needed something. And he says she didn't. You, I, you never gave a warning sign. I gave, gave you so many signs. And she even says it as, I'm sorry, I got too excited. She even says second, third, and hundred chances balancing on breaking branches. And he says it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me in it. And he acts like it's sudden that he had no idea she was leaving. But we know that she's tried and tried and tried to tell him and to warn him and to give him a warning sign. And she's slowly been preparing to leave. And I think that that's very, I think a lot of people, primarily females, they stay and they stay and they stay and they stay. And they accept all the shitty things that their partner does. But then when they finally leave, it's, I can't believe you did this. I can't believe she left me. My heart is broken. What part of the last X amount of time that we have been together have you not noticed these things? And I very rarely go into details about my relationship status because, like, I'm just not ready to talk about it. And I've said it before that it's... At its core, it is a beautiful story, and maybe one day I'll tell it. But there are so many times where I would tell him that things weren't funny, that things were hurting my feelings. And then once things started to blow up, it was like, well, I didn't know. What do you mean you didn't know? What do you mean you had, like, what? So, yeah, that's the song that made me cry this week. Exile as a whole made me cry, but I did not want to read you the entirety of the lyrics. But yeah, so that is what made me cry this week from Taylor Swift. If you had to listen to any of the songs, I would recommend Exile first. Peace, second, we already know that I love that song. That, you know, Cowboy Like Me, that those two have been making me cry for a while now. High infidelity, I do think there's going to be some questions, comments, and concerns, and I would love to answer those for you. Now, I mentioned it at the top of the episode. I whispered it because I was nervous. 
Last week, I made a post on Facebook and I said, what should I start reading first? A Court of Thorns and Roses or Fourth Wing? And let me tell you, I have never been more overwhelmed in my entire life. In my entire life. Because there's so many different opinions on what I need to read. And what's better and what's worse. And I'm going to read both of them. And I thought that I was going to start with Fourth Wing. Because they only have two books right now. And the third one won't be released till later this year. So I read the first two. And then I start Akatar, And then I read the, no, the new Fourth Wing book. But after a resounding chorus of Akatar. I do believe I'm going to start it. And you're probably thinking, Kelsey, what the, what does that have to do with us? Well, it's going to become all of y'all's problem because I was requested that while I'm reading it to you guys, I give you my real life examples, not examples, my real life reactions to what's going on. I am concerned of what I'm getting myself into I've heard the first book really isn't that good, and then the second one is when it gets good, but you guys also told me Mean Girls sucked, and I really liked it, so that's what I'm going into. I think because my expectation in the bar is so low on what I think about this book, it's actually going to surprise me and be really good. Do I know who I ship with who yet? Absolutely not. Uh, also, when I'm reading a book, if it's not playing like a movie inside my noggin, I don't understand it. So, if anyone who has already read Akatar, A Court of Thorns and Roses, if you guys know who you have fan cast at these characters, can you please send me some pictures and descriptions? Because I need to make a connection, and if I cannot make a connection, I will not read it. And for example, a few years ago, one of my friends bought me a book for Christmas. We're going to make it a book club. Me and other few group of friends we're going to read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And this is going to be very brave and controversial. I did not finish it. Because I had a hard time placing the characters. And if I can't, like, see them in my head, like I said, I'm not going to read it. So, I already know how it ends. So, don't tell me, Kelsey, go back and read it. Because I I don't know if I will. But I really am dedicated to reading this, I've heard great things about Sarah J. Moss. I have seen the TikToks on my For You page for years. I have no idea. I know there's, is it Feyre? Is that how you pronounce it? Also, if you guys could send me the pronunciations of these names, that would be fantastic. Um, I know there's a Tamlin. But I'm not entirely sure who I'm supposed to ship with who yet. Um, I'm sure once I go through the book, I will have a great understanding of who is who and who I'm supposed to like together. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for being on this journey with me, this Akatar journey. Um, if you haven't read it yet, I ask you, no, I beg you to read it with me. And if you are one of the people who has requested that I read this book for, um, I don't know, like two years now, you are going to create a monster. And you're probably thinking, Kelsey, why Like, why are you saying that? It's because I can't like things in a small way. And I don't know if you've noticed that about me yet. But once the hyperfixation starts, there is no stopping it. In the words of Tracy Turnblad, you can't stop an avalanche as it races down the hill. So when this becomes my entire personality until future notice, and it's all that I want to talk about... There's no one to blame but yourselves. 
It's not Kelsey's fault. Kelsey was trying to read Fourth Wing. She was trying to read about some dragons. She was trying to live her Game of Thrones fantasy. But you all made me this way. And so there's no one to blame but yourselves. Okay? Okay. I'm going to start reading this this week. So when I hop back on here next week, I'm going to tell you guys how far I've gotten and what I'm thinking about it. And what's going on. So far in my journey, I have only read the dedication that says, For Josh, because you would go under the mountain for me. I love you. And I already love that. So, we'll see where we're going. With that being said, I hope this is long enough for your fancy. Please let me know what you think about it. As we are wrapping to the end of this season, please uh, rate us. Well, rate me five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it. That does help people know if this podcast is any good while it is a little smaller. I appreciate every single one of you who share this on your social medias. I appreciate every single one of you who send in questions, comments, and concerns and let me know what chaps your ass. But I love you so much. Say it back.